0: One of our mom's friends used to say... Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. And also mind you, none of these conversations that we see now on TikTok or podcasts or whatever, none of this was happening. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, I was trying to keep everything in
1: the dark. Good gut bacteria versus bad gut bacteria. And all of these can play such a pivotal role in anxiety and depression Think about when you're nervous, anxious, you have nervous thoughts. Like, what do you feel? You feel butterflies in your stomach. You don't realize how poor you feel until you start just making a couple changes. And we were one of those girls that were sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. So the second we started to feel the shifts, we were making progress, but we've just
2: skyrocketed.
1: The big silence.
2: Hello, Big Silence fam, and welcome back to the Big Silence podcast. I'm so excited to have you back here with me again this week. Gosh, it's February, and I am excited because I am about to head out on another RV trip. You all know if you follow me on Instagram and socials, and you've been with me for years, Bobby and I started traveling on the road in 2020 and hitting up national parks. This week, we are going to visit our friend Eddie for his 40th birthday in Los Olivos. And then, you know, we just wanted to be kind of sporadic. So we're like, let's hit the road and we're going to go to Big Sur to go camping and then to Yosemite. Never been there. So if you've been to Yosemite, DM me at Karina Dawn because I don't know what trails to do, what sights to see. We'll be there for a few days. All right. So on to today's podcast guest. Jill and Jenna, the Gut Talk Girls. I've known Jill and Jenna probably like two years here in Austin. And we've hung out at F1 together. We've done all sorts, played pickleball together. And I wanted to have them in the studio because I've never had a discussion about gut health on The Big Silence, and especially gut health and how it correlates with mental health. So gut health is a topic. That intertwines deeply with both mental and physical health. And so today's guests are here to shed light on how a happy gut is key to creating a happy life. I am excited to introduce Jill and Jenna, sisters and hosts of the incredible gut talk podcast. These two are on a mission to revolutionize your perspective on health. They believe in simplifying health concepts and championing the notion that there's no one size fits all approach to wellness. And don't you agree? So today. Today, we talk about Jill and Jenna's own gut health journeys, revealing the science behind the gut brain connection and diet and lifestyle tips for optimal gut health. And we discuss all the good things like parasites, bloating and detox. Enjoy the podcast. And as always, share, comment, like and um, support. I appreciate you supporting and subscribing to the podcast as well. Um, I know you will enjoy this one. Enjoy. Woo-hoo. Welcome, Jill and Jenna, the Gut Talk girls. Welcome to Big Silence. Thank you. So excited to be here. Oh, yeah. It's like the uh, best intro we have, we've ever been a part energy's of. Energy's good. <laughs> we love it. Well, we were just listening to James Nicholas Kinney theme Big Silence theme song. Yeah, it's so, so cool. you got to get a little dance in before you start. Absolutely. I love it. So I'm excited to have you guys here. I've known you for, we were talking like a couple yeah. years. Yeah. And now I have you here in the studio. I've never had a conversation about gut health, and it's such an important topic in not only mental health, but just physical health, which affects mental health and all the things. And you're so knowledgeable about it. And your podcast has a lot of information on it. And it's also a topic that I feel is popular right now, Mm -hmm. but and so many people don't quite understand it yet, like why the gut health. So we're going to have a nice conversation and make gut health fun. Right. (laughs) That's the goal. Literally our mission in life. (laughs) Yeah. So, but let's go back to you, you all growing up because you both had issues, Jill, with IBS Mm -hmm. and that journey and anxiety. And Jenna, you were pretty good, but also had anxiety and trying to figure out where that came from. Mm -hmm. So tell those experiences for someone who's younger, has a a teenage daughter who's maybe experiencing these symptoms and the doctors are like, no, 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 just go on this antidepressant or go on this. Yeah. We always say that between the two of
0: us, we've pretty much had every symptom someone can have. Uh, It helps us cover all of the bases. But for me, I remember having gut issues as early as middle school, and it was embarrassing. Like have TMI, but like having diarrhea as a 14-year-old girl is Mm -hmm. hell. Like that is the last thing you really want. And so at that time, though, no one talked about it at all. And so we went to different gastroenterologists, and they just said that I had IBS and basically said that there was no cure for it. But what we had no idea what contributed to it, how to stop it. One point they had mentioned gluten-free. The gluten-free products at the time were terrible, so didn't follow that. And in high school, I was a competitive softball player. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of stress that came with that. I was really hard on myself. I had a really intense schedule and it just got worse and worse. And through college to the point where I ended up not being able to process fats, which was a whole different thing. I started throwing up almost every day throughout college which I was a competitive athlete playing at UNC Chapel Hill, vomiting when I wake up in the morning.
2: So was that anxiety-driven or gut health or both?
0: It was kind of like, you know, you couldn't get off the merry ground. right? Yeah, yeah. And by the end, I had actually transferred to Duke University. And I'll never forget, I had to sit out for a little short period of time because I wasn't hydrated enough because I was so sick. Yeah, And after a while, they were like, okay, remove gluten, remove dairy, Basically just to like eat as plain things as possible, like almost going on like a brat diet if mm-hmm. you had the flu. Mm-hmm. Um, go on an antidepressant. You go on an antidepressant. Yeah. The gastroenterologist was like, we need to slow the signal down from your brain to your gut. I'm like, but I'm not depressed. And then that's when my mental health really plummeted. Thanks for reminding me, Jen. Was because um, she's here for for reminding that. that Oh, and they're
2: sisters, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Jenna,
0: Jenna, and I have both lived each other's struggles. But that was a really tough time for me because when I went on the antidepressant and I wasn't depressed at the time, my mental health just plummeted because it was changing things in my brain. Mm -hmm. Right, you
2: didn't have those what you thought was, but then chemically, it was changing your brain chemistry. Yes, exactly.
0: All while trying to be a division one athlete, which is really tough as it is. Yeah. So with that though, with the IBS and the vomiting came acne, it came lack of sleep, it came headaches because I wasn't hydrated enough. I mean, you name it. And I had it. And it was to the point where I was like, mom, I will literally do anything in the world to feel better. Like, I don't care what it is. And so that kind of gets us to 2019. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And maybe, Jenna, you can kind of share your journey up until that point, because we kind of started healing together. Yeah.
1: And Jill mentioned sixth grade. I can remember three years old, four years old, five years old. And something interesting that we always point out to people just for awareness purposes is that we we had chronic ear infections when we were really small. Like, what is it? The tubes taken out, things like that. Mm -hmm. We were given so many rounds of antibiotics by our doctor, which now knowing that antibiotics really, you know, kill or get rid of that good gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. So it feels like, which I hate saying this because our mom always gets so disappointed, but it feels like we started off just on like a bad start when it came to gut health. And then it continued, right? So like we felt like we were always, as Jill kind of mentioned, like intolerant to certain foods. I always felt it with dairy, gluten, and I always had anxiety. Like I've always been an anxious kid. At age 16, I went on Zoloft, recommended xanax prescribed xanax and always had stomach pains and like now i know my like brain gut connection was off and i think it's because of starting off on antibiotics always being in an anxious state and then that not eating the right foods and then get to college
2: what were you served at home by your Uh, parents like mom, if you're listening, right? We're just gonna, <laughs> yeah. turn she, under the bus. she
0: tried her best. Let's just say that. <laughs> you know, she actually, like, we weren't a soda family. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to keep those type of fun treats in the house, but we weren't eating high quality products. A lot of the things, both of our parents worked full time jobs. A lot of the stuff we were eating was frozen. There was a lot of additives that we didn't we just didn't know at the time. So we did a lot of like the hundred calorie packs. So there's um, a lot of like artificial yes, ingredients. Back then
2: that was huge. Yes. Huge. Yeah. yeah exactly. Think of like them the, fast back then. Oh yeah. Exactly.
0: Like, Weight watchers type oh, yeah. stuff, like all those types of brands, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're not looking you're not eating whole foods, you're not eating yeah. quality foods. We were more on like a calorie watch. And our mom wasn't big on that. Like there was no body shaming or anything like that. But she was mindful of calories because the nineties and two thousands, that's what that was. And so we followed suit just because that's what she was eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: think like Pam and like canola oil, vegetable oil, mm-hmm. all that stuff. You just that was what you cooked with, right? Yeah. That's what you baked with. Fat free, sugar free. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's
2: like when it came out. Cause yes. I grew up eighties, nineties mm-hmm. and like yeah. Oh yeah. We're like, I can eat anything and right. I, I feel like that fat free, sugar free too. And really, I'm just saying like developed how Teenagers in my friend group developed a lot of eating disorders yes. oh, as well my gosh.
1: absolutely.
0: Our mom was just in town, and also our parents are together, but our dad didn't really I, he wasn't really a big cook, like she was the one kind of driving the the health scene, um which is funny because now both of our parents have had a massive shift and are like arguably healthier than we are. They're on their health game, but at the time, one of our mom's friends used to say. I always mess it up.
1: Nuts. Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Yes. Oh
2: my God. I have an ex friend who used to say that all the time.
1: Yeah. And our mom never said it to
0: us, right. but the conversation was just around, but no one even frowned at it. Like right. no woman growing up around us was like, I'm strong. Yeah. Right? It's, I'm skinny. And we were never skinny girls. We came out of the womb, not skinny. Mm -hmm. And so it was always, I think, a little bit of a challenge because what we used to just say, we're like, we're bigger girls. And we're really not. We're like very normal size. But that whole thing played into our mindset on what food was at the time. And so when you're going forward and you're having all these gut issues, it's embarrassing because no one's talking about it. Mm -hmm. But then what you're consuming is this skinny... Attempt at skinny, which is completely against what our body actually needed to fuel and thrive.
2: Yeah, I'll tell an embarrassing story about sugar free. I was like, when sugar free first came out, I was dating a guy, and I was like eating a ton of sugar free candy. Didn't know, and <laughs> literally was just diarrhea oh, at his house. I'm <laughs> I'm sure like, oh so, yeah, what's <laughs>
0: happening? <laughs>
2: If it's yes. Not sugar, right? Something else in there. Oh, yeah. exactly. Right. Aspartame. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who knows? So then you're in college and figuring out all your gut health stuff. You're on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. You're on Xanax, or this was in high school. You're on, prescribed. yeah, and
1: coming going into college too. Yeah. And we we're on birth control, like that you takes name it. So much. Oh, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a are shit you, storm.
2: Are you Literally. on any of that anymore? Mm-hmm. No. No. Yeah. I'm not, I'm nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, nothing. Nothing. I'm nothing. She's not the I'm nothing, Nothing. No, but... Jill is
1: nothing. <laughs> College was incredibly impactful on both of us for multiple reasons. One, Jill was a very high-demanding college athlete. I was partying, so I was drinking all the time. And as two people who already didn't have super strong digestive systems, we just kind of let it plummet because of the habits. And, you know, I had so much fun in college. Like, I'll always say, like, I'll never take that back or want to, but now knowing what I know now, I really did it to myself and to my digestive system. And Jill with her stress, I mean, we we can talk about it so much more, but stress is so impactful on digestion. And so that's what really led us to, okay, we're at rock bottom now. Like, what do we do next? We've got to find a solution. And also
0: mind you, none of these conversations that we see now on TikTok or podcasts or whatever, none of this was happening. So, for me personally, I was trying to keep everything in the dark. I did not want anyone to know that I had IBS or that I was struggling mentally. I do, I remember going to see a therapist finally my sophomore or junior year. I can't remember. I refused to tell a soul. My coaches didn't know. None of my teammates knew. I like snuck off after class to go to see her. She wasn't affiliated with the university. I was so embarrassed by all of these issues. And thought that no one else had them, which we now know it's most likely going to a public space point at someone and they have probably got issues and they're probably managing some sort of mental health issue at some capacity, right? Just because I feel like it's just, it's kind of gotten out of control. But at the time, we're sitting here kind of in the dark about all of these issues that we're having.
2: Yeah. It's so interesting because obviously with the big silence, it's about all the things we don't talk about mental health, but then what you all talk about and gut health is you know raising that awareness. And it's something that we should talk about because there is that connection between mental health and gut health. So can we go into that the science behind that?
1: Yeah. So what's funny because just side note real quick, when I started posting on social media, I don't know, three, four years ago, I was shocked at like how many people like just came out of the woodwork and was like, I have this, I have that. I'm dealing with anxiety too. I have depression. I have, but I also have stomach issues. And I think one thing that's really important to note is the like brain gut access, right? Like mind gut connection. I like people to understand, which was my case completely is that think about when you're nervous, anxious, you have nervous thoughts. Like, what do you feel? You feel butterflies in your mm-hmm, stomach. Mm-hmm. So like, if you don't believe it or anything, just recognize when that happens, that's your gut and your brain communicating to each other mm-hmm. on this like access or axis, which has a lot of, there's a lot of aspects to it and to like save everyone from thinking about the science and everything. Think about like your nervous system, mm-hmm. right? And like fight or flight, when you're in a fight or flight state, which is called the sympathetic dominant state, you're in that state of you're focusing on the stressor, right? Your body's not focusing on digestion. So, when you're focusing more on the stressor, your digestion is essentially turned off. And that is really impactful when it comes to like a case like Jill's. Jill was so fight or flight for so long that her stomach stopped producing enough stomach acid. Mm-hmm. The, her body was, muscles were not contracting in the digestive system, motility, like the movement of the food through your body wasn't happening at the rate or happening as it should have been. And it caused all these other issues. And so when we're talking about the brain, the gut, et cetera, there's the nervous system aspect, but then there's also the gut microbiome. Mm -hmm. And if you're not familiar with the gut microbiome, it's the trillions of microorganisms living in our gut, aka most of them in the large intestine. And that is what really governs the digestive system and the body. And our gut bacteria, which sounds crazy, plays such an impactful role on our health, our brain health. Think about like um, 90% of the body's serotonin is in the gut. Good gut bacteria versus bad, bad, bad gut bacteria. And all of these can play such a pivotal role in anxiety, in depression, in now they're looking at Alzheimer's other mood disorders, bipolar, schizophrenia, things like that, your gut bacteria is so important and having good gut bacteria and really a good, diverse, high quality, we love to call it like the flowers in the gut microbiome, is also so critical alongside of making sure that your nervous system is good, you know, your gut brain access, etc. And that's trying to explain it in like a very simple way when we could get into so many more details. No,
2: that's a great way of explaining it. So my first question would be, so what's the first start for someone who's like, okay, that makes sense to me now. Mm -hmm. How do I start my gut health? Simplest way. Yeah. I think the first thing you have to understand is
0: where you're at. Are you someone that feels pretty good, but you're like, I could definitely be doing better? Or are you dealing with some massive issue, meaning like, you have excessive diarrhea and IBS or constipation. You're not using the restroom daily.
1: Preferably. How
0: many times a day should we use the poop?
1: One to three. Mm-hmm. Any more, you're more on the you know diarrhea, IBSD side. Any less, you're gearing towards constipation, which you don't want to be at. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a
0: lot of other things too, right? Maybe it's acne that a lot of times is rooted in your gut. Excessive burping farting, all those things that we don't want to talk about. If that's an issue, then that's probably where we would recommend getting some tests done to really understand what's going on because what we don't want to do is send you down this path where you just try to take a bunch of supplements that aren't really catered towards exactly Mm -hmm. what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that people get really overwhelmed with when we start talking about how to get started is there's so many different ways to heal. Mm -hmm. But I think the... First thing you have to do is figure out what the root cause of your problems are. Jen, maybe you can talk about some of the recommendations we'd have as far as like tests go.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one is a stool test, right? Mm -hmm. So like a stool test is a really good way of just getting an overall picture of your gut microbiome, like what's going on. Like when I look at a stool test, I can see, oh, like this person is missing a lot of good beneficial bacteria. And which is critical to a good gut microbiome, which is going to benefit everything, including your mental health, depression, anxiety, et cetera. And I can also see is like, oh my gosh, do they have too much dysbiosis? So is there an imbalance in the good to bad? Do they have parasites? Do they have other underlying root cause factors, excess of yeast or fungi overgrowth? Is their body not putting out enough enzymes to break down the food? So that's the GI map stool test or a stool test. There's multiple that you can do. And can
2: you get that out of your regular doctor or special? Specialty?
1: Yeah, so you can get it from a regular doctor. Although, yeah. the functional space is really who are able to analyze and interpret the results mm-hmm. because you can get the results. The doctor can do it. And most doctors don't test it these days. Conventional. Yeah. right? And it's not a you know, a knock at them. It's basically just saying that's not how they were taught, right? I saw five
0: gastroenterologists from different practices Mm -hmm. and I would never once had my stool tested. That's where we see a lot of people who are struggling come to us because they're like, I've already been to the doctor. Mm -hmm. I've been to three doctors and no one can find the answer. And unfortunately, even if they've seen a lot of doctors, they might not have seen anyone that's willing to actually look for the root cause and not just put you on a prescription, Mm -hmm. which Sometimes that's what you need, but a lot of times that's not what you need.
2: Yeah, I think let's talk about root cause. So I'll use an example of my mother, and she had mental health issues and she had major GI issues. And five years before she passed, I went to the doctors and I was talking about her mental health. And they're like, they couldn't figure out her GI issues. And she had a very unhealthy lifestyle. She ate fast food all the time, you know, all the things. But they're like, we don't. Deal with mental health, we just do physical health. But there's that correlation here that is so important. I think that honestly,
0: I have so much re- respect for doctors that go the traditional route. I mean, they're in school for so many years. I have friends that are doctors, so this is no knock on traditional medicine whatsoever. I I believe that there's a time and place. If if I'm acutely ill, right? Acutely is the correct word there. If I if I get really sick and have to go to the hospital. I'm relying on traditional medicine to help me through that. But I think the problem is, is that the education is slow to adapt to what we're seeing with a lot of the functional doctors. And it's really up to the doctor after they finish medical school to say, I've learned everything here and now I also want to incorporate functional medicine. And I just think we don't see it as much. And so going back to the question of where do you start, I'd look for someone that almost brags about being a functional medicine doctor, right? That they combine Western and Eastern medicine. That's what we look for when we're looking for doctors because we don't want anyone who's like, oh, you have strep throat? Here's some herbs. You know, woo it away. We don't want that. But I want someone that looks at all approaches and then decides what's the best course of action moving forward.
1: Yeah, and and just thinking about your mom, I think there's probably so many stories about people like your mom who were dealing with a lot of mental health issues or are and then also a ton of GI issues. And what I'll say is as a practitioner, I've taken on a lot of clients. We've heard countless stories of women dealing with GI issues. I've never met someone who's dealing with some type of uncomfortability, pain, complaint in general. And not found something on their stool tests or not had anything like everyone who has a complaint has something going on at the root, right? Whether it's poor diet, what I mentioned with the gut microbiome being quote unquote off like pathogens, parasites, yeast, fungi, even just your bacteria being off can alter so many things in your body and in your brain. And I love Jill's thought of saying, like, seeing a functional doctor and seeing, you know, someone who can help you, that's expensive. And a lot of people don't want to see it. And that's why they come and listen to podcasts like these, come to our Instagram to check out, you know, what is gut health. And I would say if we're talking about that, if you have the ability to see a functional doctor, do it. Because I will guarantee they are going to at least ask you more questions than a conventional doctor is about. What are your symptoms? What does your lifestyle look like? What does your diet look like? Diet plays such a critical role in the health of your digestive system. Like We could talk about that in 10 podcast episodes. So if you can work with someone, amazing. But what I would say is like, literally look at your lifestyle and your diet right now. What are the foods that you're putting into your body? You're eating a lot of fast food, a lot of Processed or people like to consider it ultra processed because everything's processed. Foods, taking them out, removing them, or I'll just say decreasing in this moment, because it's not easy to completely switch your diet, can make such a large impact on your body that you would could never even imagine. So if you want to talk about one thing right now in this moment, look at what you're eating.
0: Yeah. And then to move forward. So you're like, okay, I can do that. What else? Right? Are you hydrating? Mm -hmm. It's so wild to me now that people don't drink water, right? And ideally it would be with some sort of like minerals or electrolytes, but even just start with drinking water and, yeah. and rest. I mean, Coming from being a Division One athlete, I believed sleep was for the weak.
2: I know, well, that's how right? I, like, that hustle culture, yes. like, sleep when you die, mm-hmm. and, yeah. da, and like, okay, let's then become depressed. Let's right. have more anxiety. Yeah. Let's eat foods that we think are going to energize us. Five-hour mm-hmm. energy-type yeah. products. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, yeah. Exactly. And so now... If I go to sleep too late, I won't wake up from my 6 a.m. workout because I've completely transformed the way that I think about health. But then also, are you moving your body? Mm -hmm. Are you walking? Are you getting sunlight? So I saw on social media today something about like the healthiest practices are free. Like a walk is free. Sunlight is free. Water, to some degree, is free. (laughs) (laughs) Although it's kind of becoming expensive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I think, and eating healthy is can be expensive, but so are all of the supplements you take to try to be healthier. Yeah. Right, like yeah. if you take everything else out and pay $2 more for a pound of meat that's like cleaner or doesn't have as much BS in it, that's a cost I'm willing to incur. So I think those are the places we've really tried to preach,
2: but that's boring. Mm-hmm. Big Silence fam, let's take a moment here to thank our Big Silence partners for supporting us and helping to make this mental health podcast available for free. All right. I want to talk about Factor Meals. So in the new year, I was searching around and I wanted to order something that was very convenient for me to make while I'm on the go. So I started ordering factor meals because I'm constantly on the go and I needed a healthy way to fuel up on those busy days. I found factor meals and fell in love with them. So did Bobby, of course. So it's great that you can adjust your meals weekly because I had them just for me, but then Bobby started eating them so I could easily adjust them anywhere between six to 18 meals, including breakfast, snacks, lunch, dinner. So now Bobby and I are eating healthy and quick. So also it's amazing because in two minutes you have a chef inspired, healthy, delicious meal. And if you follow along with me on Instagram, this week, Bobby and I are headed out on yet another adventure in the RV. And I made sure to order Factor Meals to stay healthy on the road. So follow along on IG and I'll share what we chose. And then head over to factormeals.com slash TheBigSilence50 for 50% off your meals. I am excited to have you try it out. Let me know what you think. Yeah, but it is it is very simple. It's like the simplest things of being healthy. We all know that there's our society has so much pressure, like ads and commercials oh, and yeah. selling you to do this and you'll feel this. Um, I want to go back to the functional medicine doctors. Do you find like with health insurance, a lot of functional doctors don't accept health insurance?
1: Some do. Like, I'm not a doctor. I'm a practitioner. I don't take insurance, right? But like, you know, I practice pretty cool stuff with the GI map. It is expensive. Like, I'm the first person to say it, that it is. And Jill and I have personally spent thousands of dollars, or our parents have helped us too, which we're lucky about. And so you can find some who are maybe conventionally trained, Mm. who then moved on to more like functional space, and they'll take insurance. But speaking as someone who's just a practitioner in the space, it is very expensive. And I think that's a very, um, what do they call it? Like a, a barrier to entry, if you will, yeah. in wanting to get additional help.
2: Yeah. But then they can go to your podcast and yes. get lots of
1: info well, for free. And that's what we're, you know, the whole reason why we built Gut Talk is because we realized that knowledge is power and knowing and understanding so much about like how your body works, how your digestive system works, what you should be consuming, what you should be drinking is so critical and such a good first step before you need to see a doctor and get additional help. Like if I knew the information now that I knew when we were first starting, I would totally see someone just to get like a good I think you should be doing functional different t- types of functional testing. But there's so many people, so many things people can be doing now mm-hmm. to completely change their lives, their health, et cetera.
0: Jenna and I created a program that we launched in November or December called Get Your Shit Together, mm-hmm. which was a four-week course. And so the idea was you're paying for it, but it's far cheaper than it would be to go see a functional practitioner. And it was four intensive weeks of everything we've ever learned. And so we've been trying to find these different ways. It's it's like, how do we give you everything but the literal stool test? Like, how can we help yeah. you? Because we're so sensitive to that because we want everyone to be able to go and help themselves, but it's, it comes at a cost.
2: Okay. So someone who wants to get started, I get this question in fitness mm-hmm. as well, like, how long until I see results? hmm
1: I'd say start making changes in, within three months. Yeah. I mean, some people notice, depending on what your life looks like right now, if you start making changes with your nutrition, with your lifestyle, et cetera. You can start noticing changes pretty quickly. I mean, like... I saw changes in two weeks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was going to say Because I was so sick. Yes. If you just, yeah, change your diet or change, you know, certain things, it could be Mm -hmm. pretty quick.
0: Yeah. And I think from like, and this is where we're like, we try not to make these claims because they don't apply to everyone. But I went gluten free recently uh, and all my acne went away, like Mm -hmm. immediately. That was beautiful because you want to talk (laughs) about results. I'm like that bread over there. (laughs) No, thank you. I am good. (laughs) See you later. But it is harder for some people. But I think if you're in a place where you feel really sick and you really remove all the BS you're eating, it would be really challenging to not see any sort of results. Mm -hmm. I would say like within a month. Jenna is the practitioner and. She has to give more like respectable answers. I'm over here like, You're like no. two months. Right. Like, Jenna's like right.
2: three months Right.
0: And, like, right. and I, I mean, and Jenna, obviously, because she's trained, she has to give different answers. I'm untrained, kind of the wild, wild <laughs> west over mm-hmm. here. And I really believe there's no science to what I'm saying, but I really do believe that you will feel some sort of results within a couple of weeks but I can't remember the exact stat, but if you process gluten and your body can't handle it properly, it stays in your system for days. Yep. So it's one of those things where if you're going to commit to it, just commit to it for, what do you say, like six weeks? Yeah. Because I'm your sure. bot, like you can't trick your body. So if you're like, oh, well, I'm gluten intolerant, so 80% of the time I'm not going to consume gluten, it doesn't work. You might as well just not do it if that yep. makes sense. So uh, that, that would be my recommendation if my friend texts me is, Commit to it for six weeks. Go ball to the wall and see if you feel a difference.
2: Yeah. Well, with fitness, when the question is like, how soon do I see results? Yeah. I say, after one workout, mm-hmm. the results are your mood is elevated. It's in mm-hmm. your head. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: I love that. Yeah.
2: And then the more you do it, the better you feel and the more energy you have and like, wow, this working out, it's not all about the physical. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, I'm really, I'm going to keep sticking to this. Right. And then after... Three months, your habit is there, however long. And um, yeah, no, I love
1: that. And I think that's so true too, because what Jill and I realized and within ourselves and with all of our community is that you don't realize how poor you feel until you start just making a couple changes. Mm -hmm. And we were like one of those girls that were sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. So the second we started to feel the shifts, Mm -hmm. we're like, we went from like making a couple progress, we were making progress, but we've just skyrocketed at a point because we're like, everything felt like it fell into place in terms of how we felt. But it was just those small changes that made us feel like the changes were so much bigger, if yeah. that makes sense.
0: And I do want to mention too, the first maybe week for me was horrible yeah. because my body craved sugar.
2: So you had to like detox it. It and felt yeah. like that. Like
0: yeah. I felt like a crazy person. I felt like I couldn't control my emotions. I told my parents and like, if you wouldn't have just paid a lot of money to have all of these things for me, I'd quit right now. So I I say that because it was not a breeze. When you remove all of these things that are can be addictive to your body, your body's like, what the heck is going on? Like sugar, there are studies that show that sugar is addictive. So just know like you have to, I I talk about it's like getting over the hump. And for me personally, it was like, between seven and 10 days, I'd say. And then all of a sudden, I forgot about it. But for the first week, I'm like sweating bullets over here. Like, what is happening to my body? So I always like to say that just because you don't just immediately feel fantastic because your body's so used to eating a certain way.
2: Do either of you ever, I don't like to use or cheat meals. I don't typically use that. But, you know, go off of what you know is right for your gut.
1: A thousand percent. I think that's the key to truly living like a healthy lifestyle is the ability to be flexible. 80, 90% of what we do and what we eat is for the better of our health. It just makes us feel really good. But I will say, I hate putting numbers to it, but like that 10%, let's say, for example, you kind of have to live in order to feel good and make it sustainable. Because when you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle or a lifestyle for the better of your digestive health, if you are so strict on every way, it's going to affect you mentally. And I ca- I got into that pit one time of trying to eat perfectly. And my mental was suffering even more, which sounds counterintuitive because you would think that I'm doing so well. But I was so stuck in my ways that it wasn't healthy for me. And I'm sure you know, like how your mental and obsessions and things like that can play such a role in your overall health. So I had to give myself some flexibility. Like if someone were to sit here and offer me what's not considered healthy, like a Dorito, I don't necessarily eat them anymore, but your body's not going to all of a sudden just go haywire because you eat one Dorito.
0: And that's what I was going to say is like our quote unquote cheat meals are just different. Like we'll have gluten-free chocolate chip cookies, Mm -hmm. but we're not necessarily jumping at like a Chips Ahoy because that we just don't really enjoy those things anymore. And you're probably not eating an
2: entire box. Right.
0: Yeah. Although I'll tell you what, a few months ago I had a whole thing of a uh, gluten free cookie dough, like, yeah. un- unbaked or whatever. Oh yeah, I've had that. But like that was like I just needed it. Like <laughs> me- that was mental, not physical. You right? know, I felt so sick after because my body's not used to it. And that's yeah. the one thing I'll say is like when you eat really well and you nourish your body, a lot of times if you overload yourself with sugar or things like that, I-, I couldn't move the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's like you good. feel
1: it more. Yeah, but. Yeah, and yeah, I it's think important. that goes to say, like, I think people think that it's very difficult to start a healthy lifestyle because you think you have to give everything up. You have to make such huge changes. And like fitness, like anything, if you just start making small shifts, give yourself some flexibility, I'm sure you don't work out every single day to the hardest, right? Like you oh. would <laughs> you'd go crazy. So,
2: I, I wish I, I was up at 4 a.m. and like doing some training. like Yeah. But, yeah.
1: But like you don't because you realize in order to keep it like sustainable and something that you yeah. love, you have to give yourself like fluidity and flexibility.
2: Yeah. What is your opinion on alcohol in the gut? And do you drink?
1: We drink a little. Yeah. <laughs> we, I've never fully given up alcohol. Have I significantly decreased how much I drink? Yeah. But alcohol, is not great for the gut at all. I mean, it suppresses stomach acid. It's not good if you're dealing with something like leaky gut where you've got holes in your lining. To sum it up, alcohol is not beneficial for your gut, but we also like to have fun sometimes. So, hey, still love yeah. margarita. I, <laughs> I love <do>. a margarita. <laughs> We've had drinks together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you No, know, we totally do, but... that It goes
0: back to what Jenna was saying about if you try to be so perfect, then it's
2: it just creates other problems. Or you just implode, or like it's like you can't be that all or nothing. Exactly, because yeah, then you like get lost. And
1: in it. I ser- well, I say I've never given up. I probably have given up for like four months at a time, deep into like our major gut issues. Because I think if you're someone who really is dealing with deeper, deeper gut issues, that are is going to take a little bit more time. It's kind of like you don't want to just put back in the things that are. Hurting you, yeah. So I would, rem- I we removed it for about three to four months at one time, just while we were really healing, and then we added it in a little bit, yeah. yeah.
0: And there's some like not rules, but kind of things we live by. We normally don't just have a glass of wine to have a glass of wine, just because we don't really find that to be beneficial for our health, our health, yeah. But then also too, when we are drinking, we try to really reduce the amount of sugar we're consuming with it. We obviously stay hydrated having a good source of a protein, carbon, fat right before you eat. Do not drink on an empty stomach, like fuel your body. So that way it can help you kind of digest the alcohol. And then there's some supplements and things that you can add to your day just to help you detox and help your body break down the alcohol. So those are all things that we do just to... just prep our bodies a little
2: bit. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, sorry, buddy. (laughs) We're trying to have
1: some fun. Taking a break. Exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I want to go into some community questions. Mm. You down? Yes. Um, I want to start out. I I really like this one. All right. So what is top level on parasites in the gut and how to address your opinion on supplements like CellCore, like the CellCore program or supplements like Armra? Um, they are great, but if someone truly has gut issues, shouldn't they address what is causing them first, as opposed to going directly to supplements? Yes, that's,
1: okay. yeah. that's a good question. I love CellCore products. I'm a CellCore practitioner. Jill and I have actually done a few of them. If you do have parasites, which a lot of people do, and if you're they're really showing a lot of symptoms, skin issues, mood issues, like there's so much that can go into that. I would absolutely use cell core products, but the main thing that you want to do when you're doing a detox of parasites, first I'd wor- work with someone or if you know enough, like don't just do a random one that you found on Amazon, please. Like that's not going to help you. Open up your drainage pathways. Like really make sure that you're going to the bathroom, you're focusing on your liver health, you're you, look up drainage pathways and how to open them. We don't need to make this is a that's another podcast topic episode. Um but Open up your drainage pathways and then cell core products for removing parasites are incredible. Yeah, they're really amazing. And then exactly, you want to go to the root. And like if you're just piling on a bunch of supplements that aren't actually like doing anything, then technically you can be doing more harm than good. But it could just be wasteful, if that makes sense.
0: Normally, when you are removing things from maybe your diet as you're trying to heal. You're also adding supplements to rebuild, but you just don't want to buy the ones that you see an influencer Mm -hmm. posting about. They need to be specific to you and what the problem is. So like when we healed our gut, we were removing foods and consuming supplements at the same time to rebuild what we were missing in our gut, if that makes sense.
2: Mm -hmm. How would one find out if they had parasites? I mean, obviously... Um, stool sample. Yeah. Stool
1: samples, but they're really hard to find in stool samples because they can hide. They can be in other areas rather than (laughs) just the guy. I don't like, I hate being so bold sometimes, but most, again, like I said, most people, almost everyone is dealing with parasites and it's, if you are having crazy GI issues, no doctor knows what's to do with them. Like it's not showing up on it's a test. It's not showing up in a test, but you intuitively know that something is wrong. You're super bloated. Your energy is mm-hmm. depleted. You have mold issues. A lot of deeper illnesses are linked to parasites. Dig deeper and like do something by cell core, do a cleanse by them because it's not always easy to know if you have them, but symptom wise, it will show. All right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna order some core.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, Jill. Yeah, we might be doing one soon too.
2: So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Little I'm not, like not even trying to
1: tease up. Like <laughs> I think we need to do yeah. one, Jill. We'll document it a little bit more. But yeah. I'm convinced Jill has some parasite action. Oh man. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah.
0: It's funny because like we lived together for three years, and yeah. now we live very close to each other, and Jenna obviously has been my practitioner and so she sees my stool samples and she'll call me the names of the bad gut bacteria I have so like big candida girl over here which is not good that's been pretty strong in my stool samples samples and so on the streets just, like, living our lives. She'll be like, hey, Dita, come here. <laughs> short for Candida. I'm like, I feel like this is exposing
2: me. But so, yeah. <laughs> my private. Right,
1: right, so, right, yeah. So, my Jill, newest thing here. Jill got really, really sick, like, I don't know, six, seven months ago. Like, yeah, like ended up in the May. hospital. And mm-hmm. I think that did something to her. And it never really got, no, the, the hospital didn't figure out what was in her, but she was incredibly I, ill.
0: I truly believe that. <laughs> Me having gut issues is better for our brand. Right. And therefore, <laughs> every time I just like I'm like to stick around. Yeah, every time I'm feeling really good, something happens. two years ago. I got super stressed with a job, and boom, my gut health issues were back and stronger than ever. Healed from that, did the work, land in the hospital, same issues back with the veggies. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> like, right. So, and that's a key here, too, is. Gut health is not something you fix and it's gone forever. It, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, is a way of life. And it's something that we have to keep as a priority always, because when you don't, when you neglect it, it finds its way back. And I'm like, I see that
2: firsthand. (laughs) Yep. She's your your best testimonial. Here we go. (laughs) So, okay, here's another question, community question. First thing to put into your stomach upon waking up in the morning? I would say water. There's a lot of people that do lemon water. Yeah, lemon
1: water is great. Good. But and then food, for most women, I would recommend within 45 minutes to an hour of waking, really. But I know there's a intermittent fasting versus find what works for your body. Yeah. Personally, we find that food is the best thing to you know set us up for success for the day. So I would say some type of protein source and some carbs and fat. So water
2: and then a little
1: bit of nourishing food. Thanks.
2: All right. Another question. Yeah. Bloating after working out. How to prevent it?
1: There's always multiple aspects when anyone asks a question of their individual self. I'd I'd like to look at what type of workouts are you doing? Are you doing too intense? Do you have underlying gut imbalances in which you should be doing maybe more lower intensity for the time being? Yes, strength training can be amazing, is amazing for so many aspects of your body, but I would look at more of like what you're overall health is? Do you have hormone imbalances? Is your cortisol high? And then kind of teeter of like, am I doing my workouts too intense right now? Should I lower the hit workouts? And listen to your body and how it responds. Are you bloated every single time after you're eating? What does your you know, ritual look like protein powder wise, um, supplement wise, pre-workout, energy drinks? Some of those can be so not great for you where it's like, Maybe it's what you're putting into your body versus what you work out, but take a mental note of like what you're doing. I would say, look at the the workout supplements you're using. Look at what exercises that you're doing. Are you going way too hard when you have those underlying gut imbalances or hormonal issues? And just take a pulse about what you're doing. It's going to be, you know, pretty different for everyone.
2: Let's talk protein powders. Do you do whey or plant-based?
1: I do whey. Yeah, Yeah, I do as well. But there were times in our
0: lives that we did We did
1: plant based for a while, and then I felt like as I was consuming more and more whey, I was feeling way better recovery, way better. (laughs) I was feeling so much better with recovery and just my overall gut. I think sometimes people do get digestive issues from whey, but then sometimes they get it from plant based. So I would kind of see what protein powder works best for you. Yeah, and
0: just making sure that it's quality. Uh,
1: There's a lot of them out there that add a lot of stuff in there
0: and. I think you trust a brand because it's a health brand, and so then you don't look at the ingredients. I I catch, I catch myself doing that all the time with health type products. I'm like, oh, they're a fitness brand or they're a health brand. Of course, they're going to use high quality products. And then you're you eat something for like three weeks. You're like, wait, what? Right. So
2: no, I think that's always been important for Tone It Up to make sure that no matter what it is, plant based or maybe way, mm-hmm. quality ingredients number one. Yep.
1: Um, A thousand percent. And because there are a lot of gut irritating ingredients in these supplements, right? Thickeners, emulsifiers, uh,
2: sweeteners, et cetera. Yeah. Let's do one more question here. Heavy metals and supporting body's detoxification systems.
1: If you think you have heavy metals, I would do um, a hair tissue mineral analysis and, and really do more functional testing with a practitioner. The other aspect, what I mentioned, like with parasites, is really working to open up your drainage pathways and making sure that you don't have underlying mold toxicity, parasites that are holding on to these heavy metals. So if you suspect that you have them, that's when I would do some deeper gut healing work with a practitioner in which you open those drainage pathways. Like when I say that, I mean like making sure you're pooping, Really giving your liver a lot of support, um, sweating in the sauna, things infrared saunas, things like that can be awesome for it. Deeper work is needed for those deeper issues like heavy metals.
2: I love a good sauna. I know oh, yeah. infrared. Yeah,
1: we've been missing. We when we stopped going to the collective. Yeah, I don't know if we've seen the sauna again. I don't no. think we have either. No, it's you bad. can get like
2: sauna blankets. I know. Like, yeah, was it my high? Like they have a great one. Yeah, I just or, got it. Oh really? Did you? Yeah.
0: yeah. I've been looking into one for so long and I just haven't like done it yet.
2: Yeah. You like yours? Yeah. Well, okay. I actually I haven't tried it
0: yet. No, I literally
2: I read really good reviews. I just got it in the mail yesterday. Okay. So I was gonna use it this morning and I didn't. So I will let you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know. Where we live has uh
0: cold plunges, which is exciting, yeah. but you always think about cold plunging like after you sauna but they don't have
2: saunas, so right like, okay just like,
1: but it's right. gonna, like work up a sweat at the gym and then jump in it yeah in? i guess so yeah
2: well you can come to the collective with me anytime yeah. thank you <laughs> so. all right dita and jenna yeah. <laughs> so where can we find you
1: we are on instagram and tiktok at gut talk girls and our podcast is gut talk with jill and jenna
2: Thank you, and I'll put all the info in the show notes. And thank you for coming out. Yeah, thanks for, thank for having us. Good to see you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the dot big dot silence. The big silence, the big silence, the big silence.